This is Greenfish Blue Oceans, the podcast where stories about seafood are good for you and the oceans. I'm Maureen Berry. This week, I'm tackling K is for kelp and king crab. Podcasters, welcome to K is for kelp, part of the program. I'm kicking off today's episode with five cool kelp facts. Then I'll define kelp and its importance to our world and its uses for everyday life. Plus, I'll share a delicious, easy to prepare recipe. Here are five cool kelp facts. One, Sea kelp is one of the fastest growing plants on the earth. Two, kelp forest can contain kelp up to 175 feet long. Three, fake kelp farms. Yes, I just said fake kelp farms. Hold fish to clean the lice from the salmon. Four, kelp forests provide food and shelter for numerous fish, birds, marine mammal species, and organisms, making them one of the most productive ecosystems on Earth. 5. Kelp forests thrive in cold, nutrient-rich, shallow open waters and can be found along the northwest California coast to Alaska in the U.S., but kelp can be found in warmer waters, too. Now, kelp is a seaweed. You should know that right off. So you've probably seen kelp if you visited an aquarium, or maybe you have walked around kelp along the coastline, long, thick, brownish-green tendrils tangled in clumps. Maybe you spotted a sea otter taking a nap on a bed of kelp. Super precious. Oh my God, the cutest factor is off the charts. So check the show notes for a video clip for after the podcast. What else is kelp good for? Well, kelp is used in food, as medicine, as a thickener, it's used as a fertilizer, it's added to some animal feeds, and to personal care products. Kelp serves as an inspiration in artwork and aids in research. After all, kelp first appeared in the Miocene about 23 to 5 million years ago, the same epoch that apes diversified. Something that's been around for that long is sure to have a few secrets or two. So on to the good stuff. Can you eat kelp? Oh yeah. The most common types of seaweed at the market are nori, hajiki, wakame, kombu, and arami. Now I may have mispronounced some of those words, so you know how I am if you've listened to this podcast before. Sorry about that. Seaweed that is dried, which is the kind you'll get at the market, needs to be rehydrated. You do that by soaking it in water, either cold or steeped hot in a broth. And different seaweeds have different flavors. The most common characteristic flavor of seaweed, though, is an umami-type flavor, that distinct, rich, savory sensation you get when you bite into something and a party happens on your taste buds. Seaweed not only tastes good, it's good for you. It's loaded with protein, carbs, vitamins, fiber, iodine, and minerals like potassium, calcium, and magnesium. So unless you have an allergy or food sensitivity, 
then kelp is your new BFF in the kitchen. One of my favorite recipes is edamame and hajiki salad. This is a cold side salad. It's easy to whip up, it offers a briny, ocean-friendly flavor, and it complements any fish dish. Ready? You'll need a half a cup of dried hajiki, one package of frozen edamame out of the pod, a small carrot grated, two tablespoons of rice wine vinegar, one tablespoon of honey, a dash of kosher salt, black pepper, and red pepper flakes, and six tablespoons of olive oil. Now note, you can buy edamame out of the pot in the freezer aisle. If you can't find it out of the shell, then you'll have just a little more prep work because you'll need to first steam and then shell the pods. And just as a note, if you've never eaten edamame, the shell is not edible. So you only want that tiny pod in the, in, on the inside of the, of the shell. Also, to save time, you can prepare the edamame before you leave for work in the morning. Just cover and refrigerate. This will take less than five minutes. Most of the packaged edamame at the market now is in the microwave safe packages where you just throw it in the microwave, letter size up, five minutes, boom, you're done. So even if you have edamame in the shell, you still want to just chill it off for later. Grab one of the kids or your significant other to pop those babies out of the shell while you prepare the rest of the dish. So here's how that goes. You're going to soak the hijiki for about 30 minutes. And while the hijiki soaks, you're going to prepare the frozen edamame according to the package direction, unless you remembered to do this before you left for work. If you didn't remember, when you're done cooking the edamame, cover and refrigerate it. Now, light some candles, turn on the radio, sip some wine, you know the drill. Heat your skillet or the grill for your fish and then make some quinoa or some basmati rice. When the hijiki is all soft and plump, drain it and rinse it. Then add the hijiki, edamame, and grated carrot to a medium mixing bowl. In a smaller bowl, add the rice wine vinegar, honey, salt, pepper, and red flakes, and whisk. Place a damp towel under the bowl to keep it secure while you do the next step. So while you are whisking, drizzle the olive oil into the dressing a little at a time to emulsify. That's like a fancy word for thicken the dressing. Sometimes you may just need a little extra pop of salt or a little bit of sweetness, so add a little more honey and whisk it up again. Then you're going to pour the dressing over the hijiki, edamame, and carrots. Stir and taste, adding another kiss of salt and pepper if desired. And that's it. If your fish isn't ready, pop that edamame and hijiki salad in the refrigerator, and then give it a quick stir before you serve. Now lastly, you can find numerous recipes for seaweed online. But if you want an entire cookbook of good-for-you-and-the-ocean seaweed recipes, check out Ocean Greens by Lisette Kreischer and Marcel Schutelar. And I'm almost positive I butchered those last names, so I am sorry about that, Lisette and Marcel. Anyway, I bought a copy this past February, and I am drooling over the photos, not to mention the recipes. And FYI, I'm not getting paid to promote or endorse this book. I don't even know those guys. Just know, if you want to learn more about seaweed and want some awesome recipes, this book is Gorge. 
and it offers a where to buy seafood section in the back, which I think is awesome. So that's it for K is for Kelp, short and sweet. Stick around for the K is for King Crab part of the program. Welcome back, friends, to the K is for King Crab part of the program. You know, of all the seafood I fly in to Kentucky, Alaska King Crab has got to be one of my absolute favorites. Not only is it sweet and rich tasting, it's fun to eat. But I got to admit, nothing beats eating King Crab than eating King Crab in Alaska. In September 2012, Elvis and I cruised to Alaska's Inside Passage. The clouds hung low on the mountains the day we sailed into Juneau. We were determined not to let that put a damper on our day. However, the 1,800-foot Mount Roberts Tramway Tour was out of the question, and we were really looking forward to doing that. We couldn't see the mountaintop through the clouds, though, and it didn't look like it was going to lift anytime soon. And we opted out of fishing also. We didn't want to spend money to get seasick or get skunked. It was mid-September, and the salmon fishing season was over. This, our first trip to Alaska, was about relaxing, cruising, and sightseeing. Before we left the boat, I asked the concierge where we should eat in Juneau. I'll admit when she mentioned that Tracy's king crab shack was just down the dock under a tent, I was skeptical, and the look on my face must have spoken volumes, so she repeated, Oh, Mrs. Barry, really, it's the best. I still didn't buy it, not because the concierge wasn't trustworthy. In fact, she offered excellent service when arranging tours, dinners, and spa appointments, as if she had nothing better to do than to take care of me and Elvis. But because I've traveled enough around the world, have been sent down the wrong road a few times, I'm suspicious by nature. It was raining, and the last place I wanted to eat was outside in a tent. I smiled at her, thanked her, and then off we went down the plank and off the boat, umbrellas in hand. It wasn't until after we visited the two churches in town, one Russian, the other Catholic, and then wandered through the wet streets where Native American art meets historical Russian sites, that our stomachs ruled our next stop. But first, a surprise. The Alaska Seafood Marketing Institute office was on the way to lunch. A quick trip around the block and up the back stairs brought us into the warm, quiet offices, asked me where Tyson Fix, the communication director at the time, gave us sage fishing advice and told us where to eat. Yep, You guessed, Tracy's King Crab Shack. Now, while Elvis only wanted king crab, I'm a total seafood slut. I wanted it all. I wanted king crab, spot prawns, crab bisque, and beer. We get to Tracy's King Crab Shack, and it's packed. We get in line. We order, pay, oof, most expensive lunch ever, and then waited. And while we waited, we chatted with other cruise ship tourists, a mom and a daughter from New Jersey, and a very much in love couple from France. Have you ever noticed how happy people are when A, they're on vacation, and B, the food is outstanding? 
Then hot, sweet, fresh as the ocean, crab and prawns melted in our mouths. We washed it down with cold pale ales. We slurped buttery crab bisque to the last drop. I could have sat at Tracy's all afternoon. In fact, many people lingered just a little bit longer than normal. Rainy afternoons, good company, and full bellies have a way of doing that, don't they? But the nonstop traffic coming into the pavilions forced us back out onto the damp streets. Since it was after three in the afternoon, we strolled back to the ship to our suite, where we took up our mid-afternoon vacation activity, reading, napping, and enjoying our post-best-lunch-ever bellies. After all, happy hour was around the corner. Tracy's King Crab Shack is not technically a shack. Tracy's has two tented pavilions for 50 or 70 people, all on vacation, all hungry for Alaska's finest king crab legs, prawns, bisque, and beer. And even better, Tracy's offers some of the freshest, finest Alaska seafood we ever ate. Tracy herself works hard to support local fishermen and sustainably sourced seafood, Her staff is friendly, outgoing, and happy to pose for pictures for ambitious tourists like Elvis and me. So the next time you find yourself in Juneau, don't hesitate or wander around looking for that quote-unquote special place. Head straight to Tracy's King Crab Shack. Umbrella optional. Appetite required. All right, so that's it for this episode of Greenfish Blue Oceans. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or Google Play so you don't miss an episode. Next up, L is for lionfish and lobster. Thanks for listening, and have a great two weeks.